Hello and welcome to the Wedding Dish Podcast. Grab your fork and knife and take a seat at our table as we dish on all things weddings. You'll hear stories and tips from real couples and wedding pros about love, life, and entrepreneurship. I'm Sarah Alipin, your hostess with the mostess on The Wedding Dish and CEO of Photos from the Hardy and District Bliss. We have our little Snorosaurus, Cluzo, the French Bulldog. He is so loud right now. It sounds like a, a, a chainsaw going through here, singing the song of his people with the loudest snores. <laughs> so hopefully you all <laughs> get to enjoy I can't hear. Oh my gosh, I can't believe you can't hear it. <laughs> no, I can't hear him. I wish I could oh my hear goodness. him. Um, he, you just wait, just you wait. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get louder now that the challenge has been laid down from today's guest. <laughs> Today we are dishing about the things everyone forgets on their wedding night. That happens all the time. We've all seen it. Let's prevent it. And we have a wedding planner, educator, public speaker, and podcast host with us today, the human behind Moxie Bright Events, Renee Dallow. Thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm already having a blast. (laughs) We just started and I'm like, I love it here. (laughs) Come on in, the water's warm. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, I love it. Well, I'm really excited to dish with you today. I think this is going to be a really good episode for all of our couples out there who are getting ready to actually, you know, start putting logistics into place on their wedding day. Um, So let's go ahead and dish. Um, Before we jump into that, though, I would love to hear how you, why did you decide to start Moxie Bright Events? (laughs) <laughs> oh, like everything else in my life that's good and 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 true, it just sort of happened in a way that I, when I look back, I'm like, what sort of like, like magical, like, oh, now I hear it. Now I hear him. Um, I'm like, oh, I just heard it. Um, so here's the thing. I used to be an actor. So I did like professional musical theater in New York. And then I moved to LA and I was auditioning and I was like that I was living that life. And like all good actors, I had a secondary job in a restaurant. My restaurant in LA just happened to have banquet rooms, like six banquet rooms. So we had this huge, you know, dining floor and then upstairs, all these rooms. And I sort of made my way through every job in that restaurant. Like I was a hostess and a bartender and a waiter. And then I went upstairs and I was a cater waiter and I was, I was a catering captain. Then I was associate banquet sales and I just moved my way. I just moved my way in really organically. And at the same time of my life, that's when all my friends were getting married and everyone was a broke actor and everyone needed help. And I was the person in my friend group that like hosted the Oscar parties or like made elaborate dinners for people or like we, everyone would be like, let's go to the beach. I'm like, let's have a beach picnic. Like I made everything (laughs) into a thing. And so when people started getting married, they, it just sort of organically happened that they were like, I think you should help me. And I was like, all right. So I was planning weddings in the restaurant as my job, but then also for my friends as a hobby for years before I started my wedding. Years. When I started my wedding planning business, I had already planned like 50 weddings. But if you would ask me back then, I would have been like, no, 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 those were just, those were nothing. Because in my head, I was like, well, it's not real. I'm just helping, which is hilarious now to look back on it. Like really. Um, but I like wasn't taking money. I was doing things for bartering. You know, it was all just sort of loose. And then when I got married, my husband and I met in LA, but we're both from the East Coast. So I'm from Brooklyn and Joe is from Philly. We decided to get married in Philadelphia. I didn't, I still don't know 
I still don't really know Philadelphia. I know the six streets that we got married on. Like I know that radius <laughs> and that's it. So I hired someone in Philadelphia because I was like, I don't know anyone here. I need help. I need to like, cause Joe is my husband. Joe is, um, he's one of five kids and he has three older sisters. And I was like, I need to not have my sister-in-laws like feel burdened that they, that they're the ones there and they have to help me. So I hired a wedding planner, Erin Proud, who I love to this day, proud to plan Philadelphia shout out. Um, and she basically like took my hand and walked me through it. And then at the end kind of said to me, like, I don't know why this isn't your job in LA. Like what, what are you doing? <laughs> and I was like, well, there's so many wedding planners in LA. Like Mindy Weiss lives in LA. And she's like, who cares? No, not everyone can afford Mindy Weiss. Like there are many, many, many normal people getting married. And I don't know. I just think it was something, sometimes you just need a person to say to you, like all that, all those like excuses you're telling yourself, all those reasons that you think are very valid are actually bullshit and you should do it anyway. And so I, we got married in October and by April I had launched my, my website. So it was really wow. quick. Yeah. Cause like when I'm, I'm an Enneagram three. So like when I'm in, I'm in. And so once that, once that became an option, like a real option. I was like, well, then I need to get trained. And so I enrolled in classes and I took a in-person workshop with the woman who then became my mentor, Alison Howard. And she was the one who said to me, like, it's just like, I think I took her workshop in like February and she was like, when are you going to launch your website? And I was like, I don't know, like late summer. She's like, no, you're going to go home and do it now. What are you waiting for? So every step of the way, I had these really fierce, awesome women sort of like pushing me forward and try, like getting me out of my own way so thankful for them now all these years later um because i i think i clearly needed the push but then you know here's the funny part i launched my website april 1st and i did my first wedding april 7th whoa yeah uh yeah it never happens it will never happen that way for anyone else just don't even don't even try um it's because i had made some friends that were wedding planners one specific um woman liz cooper smith who was so generous with me at the beginning of my career and so she knew that i was like hungry and and all all like you know i was fired up and someone called her and said hey i need help next saturday i'm i'm in a bad place i don't this wedding is so diy it's out of control you know, I need help. And she was like, well, I'm not available, but I know someone who is, who can help you. And I literally met them on a Sunday. My website launched on Friday. I met this couple Sunday at Starbucks. They handed me $600. And, and I would, and I also did their flowers, even though I'm not a florist, but like they needed help. And that wedding was the following Saturday. Oh my God. Like that that's insane. Yeah. But because I had done all the weddings, right? Like I, I, I was, listen, I was still scared out of my mind because it was the first time I had taken money from someone in exchange for a service that I was, was still sort of amorphous to me. Like I knew what I wanted to do, but I didn't have systems yet. I didn't have processes. I didn't have an assistant. Like I was just like, let's do it. Um, and I just kind of threw myself into it. I was nervous the whole week, but in the end it was like, oh, I know how to do this. Like, this is okay. Yeah. That's just, that's very last minute planning on the couple's part. They were very sweet. And Hire they were very... your planner before that, everyone. <laughs> I mean, like way before that, please. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And honestly, looking back on it, like they got lucky that they got me. Yeah. Because <laughs> they really because, did. Because they could have gotten someone who literally had never done it before, who was like, oh, give it a try. Like, yeah, they yeah they were they were lucky they had someone who actually did it a million a couple times before fifty ish times before and just never 
and just didn't consider. Yeah. 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 So that was wild, but that's how it started. That is a wild ride for sure. (laughs) I know it is. I know. I almost don't like telling that story because I know there's some like aspiring or or baby wedding planner out there who's like, I'm going to book my first wedding two days after I launched my website too. And it's like, you're probably not. And that's okay. It doesn't ever work that way, really. Yeah. And honestly, I don't think most people would want that. Like it sounds great, but knowing what goes into weddings. Yeah. That is so much work in such a short period of time. Mm-hmm. I do not envy you for that. Well, and also I had a stomach ache the entire week because I kept thinking like, there is something I'm forgetting. There is something they're not telling me. And of course, all those things happen, right? Like I remember like running my first ceremony rehearsal. I was just sweating the whole time. Like I'm not a nervous person and I'm not a insecure person, but I was just like, oh, new, newness. Okay. Yeah. Oh my God, let's do it. You know, and now I teach a class on how to run ceremony rehearsals. So it's like, it's really gone 360. Yeah. <laughs> it's really moved beyond that. <laughs> it really has. It really has. Oh my gosh. That is such a fun story. I, you all know this is going to be a great episode. <laughs> All right. So let's talk with our engaged couples out there. What are some of the most common things you see couples forget to account for on their wedding day? Okay. I'm just going to preface this by saying it's very unsexy things I'm about to say. (laughs) Like, like none of this is going to be like, Ooh, I can't wait to do that. You're going to, it's going to be things that you're like, Oh shit. Yeah. Someone's got to do that. So here's the thing. With my couples, what I see by and large is that there's a there's a portion of the morning of a wedding day people don't seem to want to make decisions about. And and that is honestly from the time you wake up until the time you see each other, have your first look, whatever that first like wedding moment is, there are generally like hours to account for in the morning. Now, if we're going to talk gender specific, which, you know, I guess we can. I try, I try to not, but I also know that there's a very big difference between women getting ready for an event and men getting ready for an event, generally speaking, right? Yeah. For my own wedding, I woke up at 7 a.m. to start hair and makeup. My husband went to breakfast with his friends and got ready in 20 minutes. Like these are very, this is a very different morning. What I find by and large, especially for couples that might not be working with a planner, is that they spend so much time worrying about everything that happens from photo, from the time photographs start until the end of the night, that they oftentimes forget that they get to choose how they spend their morning. And what I mean by that specifically is you literally get to invite people to spend that time with you or not. The people that you love, and even you as a human person, you're not different people on a wedding day. I'm not a morning person. I was definitely not happy about getting up at 7 a.m. on my wedding day. I didn't think I had a choice. Looking back, I probably did, could have had more say in that, but I let my wedding morning be dictated by the needs of other people and it wasn't the best experience. Oh, that's, yeah. So what I did in the morning of my wedding was, um, (laughs) this is a longer story that I won't get into, but we didn't get very much sleep the night before because at our rehearsal, uh, at our welcome party, the power went out. Oh no. So instead of like, um, um, just calling it early, like my friends were like, well, we're going to stay. And cause we were doing karaoke and the, all the power went out. So, but the bar was open. Right. So everyone was like, well, we'll stay and 
sing a cappella because we're theater nerds and drink. And that ah! happened until literally until like 2 a.m. Now, I wasn't drinking, but I was awake. And I'm not, I need sleep. So at 7 a.m., I was woken up on my wedding day by my stylist banging on the door to my hotel room, going like, Hi, I'm here. And I was literally in bed. Oh boy. So that's how my wedding day started. So my point is whatever you want for that morning, right? Say you're someone who likes to get up early and have silence and be alone and then meditate and then do yoga and then take a shower and then brush your teeth. Make sure that you have whatever daily ritual you need to feel confident and secure. Make sure you do that on your wedding day because you're not a different person. And if you, one of your bridesmaids is driving you up a wall, don't schedule her to be the first hair and makeup person so that she's with you all morning, right? If you have maybe tricky relationships with some family members, maybe don't invite them to your sacred special morning, the, night, the morning of your wedding. Like just because it's your wedding day and just because we see photos of, you know, women gathering in their, in their matching pajamas and, you know, eating bagels and mimosas, like just because that's what we see on Instagram, that doesn't mean that has to be your morning. If none of that sounds peaceful or affirming to you, don't do it. Don't do it. Like whatever you need. You know, one of my brides a couple of years ago, um, when we were, cause I talk about the morning a lot with my couples to make sure that we're designing it the way they want. She said, cause I always ask like, what do you, what do you, on your best day, what do you do in the morning? And she goes, nothing. And I said, so what do you, nothing? She's like, I don't want to have to do anything until I have to do something. And I said, Okay. And her fiance said, yeah, I just leave her alone in the mornings. And he goes, and that's what I'll do on the wedding day. And literally they spent their morning apart, which is typical, but also basically in silence. And when I saw her later, I was like, how was the morning? She was like, oh, so good. Yeah. And she didn't feel the need to invite anyone to her space or drink mimosas and matching pajamas or have a dance party or anything. And I was like, wow, that's powerful right there. And same for your partner whatever gender they may be. Um, but especially I see with some of my men aged like 25 to 32 are really resistant to making their or asking their friends to make solid plans. There tends to be a lot of like, we'll just go play golf or whatever. And I'm like, mm, 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 no, you're going to make a plan. I'm going to force you to plan something, whether it's, we're going to go to Denny's or we're going to hang out in my friend's room, or we're going to go play golf, whatever it is they want to do. It must be planned. Otherwise, it's going to go off the rails. <laughs> and even yeah. if your spouse or you know partner only needs 30 minutes to get ready, if someone else is calling the shots that morning or you're on, at the whim of someone else, we can't make up that time if, if they're late. Like There is no making up time that we lose in the morning. So that's the first biggest thing. Did you, do you see that with your couples sometimes? Yeah, and actually it's interesting because I you were like I just leave her alone. Yeah, I'm one of those people who needs like silence. I hate same. when I'm asked a bunch of questions in the morning. I'm just uh -huh. like not here for it. So, no, um, same. Yeah, but a lot of it you know, I I don't think about the morning because I'm not there for it with the photography right. portion. Um but it's so true because I I see when I come into the space when the people are frazzled or relaxed. Yeah. And I know what kind of morning they've been having. And mm -hmm. generally as the photographer, I'm like your first person that you can quietly complain to or offload that stuff onto so that then you can start the smiling process. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, you, I, I had not thought about it, but it's such an important piece. And I, it's just, you kind of like blew my mind because I see everything <laughs> that you were saying and I've seen it go both directions. Yeah. And, and listen, things happen, right? Like morning of my wedding, my mother was late for, to get to my suite for her hair and makeup. So she wasn't, she's not in the photos of the girls helping me in my, in my dress. She's not in them because she was still in the makeup chair. And to this day, she's pissed about it. When I said like, what happened? Why are you late? She was like, I lost track of time. I was like, well, that, I don't know what to say about that. Your, your people aren't different people. And yeah. And so I know that I, when it's not work related, tend to run late. Just know, know your people, know that about yourself. But I will say that when my photographer showed up and my mother was late, I'd already eaten like two bagels which was, I had been on a no carb situation for like so long that I was just like stress eating bagels. And my photographer showed up and she's like, how you doing? And I was like, my mother was 20 minutes late for her and makeup. Now the whole schedule's ruined. And she's like, well, that's not your job to worry about that. You have a wedding planner. And I was like, yeah, that's fair. But I remember that that moment was very clear. I was like, I could dish, I can like bitch to you and you won't, <laughs> you don't know yeah. these people, right? Like yeah. you're on my side. <laughs> yeah. You'll just absorb this and you'll make me feel better. And then I can smile. Poor, poor Marissa. I'm thinking about it now. She was probably like, oh, Renee is unhinged this morning. <laughs> I'm, carved, I'm carved up and I'm mad about my mom. Let's go. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> oh, welcome. Welcome to the wedding day. Um, all right. So the second thing, which is um, related to the morning, but just overall, speaking of bagels, you've got to eat, friends. You have to eat and you have to feed your people. Um, and you... And my advice is to put some thought into the things you're feeding your people. Um, I had a I had a couple many years ago. Um, in and out is such a huge thing here in LA. In and out burger. I don't care for it, but I don't eat meat, so that's probably why. I just find it very it's just not it's not delicious for me. It's just like it is, but I know it's very iconic. So there was a, a couple that I was working with, um, two brides, and they were getting married out in Anaheim, and their um their venue was like right next to an in and out. <laughs> So one of the brides got it in her head that what she wanted the morning of her wedding was in and out, which is like not necessarily a morning food, but it was like iconic and she had, she wanted the photos of it. But the reality of like 10 people eating cheeseburgers at 10 AM and French fries and milkshakes was that most everyone had a stomach ache by the yeah, time that's what we I got wish- to the ceremony. <laughs> like I've never I- had to hold a ceremony more because people were in the restroom, not to be gross, but like that's. I kept losing yeah. bridesmaids to be like, where? Oh, bathroom. Okay. No, you know, five more minutes. Everyone, but if you have to go, go now. But everyone's stomachs were in disaster because they had cheeseburgers and, and milkshakes at 10 a.m. Yeah. You know, that, that I would, I would not recommend. No. Water, fruits and vegetables. I'll even, listen, have a, have a plate of bagels. Uh, carbs aren't the enemy anymore. Like do what you need to do, but heavy meats and cheeses and dairy probably not a good look for everyone in the morning. Just going to say that. Also, like it can make you bloat. (laughs) All the the salt and the French fries, I was like, okay, that's a choice. You know, you have to eat something. Yes. But I don't think it should be that necessarily. Yeah, know your know your stomach, know your people's stomachs. That's right. Or or just do something like but not not benign, but just easy. Easy to digest. Like a little quiche. You know what I mean? Like something 
easy because in and out wasn't it but you know she got good photos from it and that seemed to be the priority in the moment no shame on that at all but you have to feed people and and i prefer when my couples just make the call and order something into the suite or say like here's a little buffet we have set up from the hotel because if you let your people leave them to their own devices they will forget or yeah. or they'll or they'll just grab something on the way or god forbid they'll eat once they're dressed <sighs> the worst oh, it's just asking for trouble so you got to oh, feed yeah. people and then Number three, this might be the least sexy thing I'm, I'll ever say on this on, on this podcast. Um, this is something I see more often when I talk to couples that didn't have a planner. But if you have a, a newer planner, this might be something that gets left too late. You have to figure out how you're going to get from point A to point B. Like transportation is something that literally no one wants to spend any money on because it everyone's like, I'll just grab an Uber. And that's fine not really fine, better than nothing. But there, the conversation of how we're getting these people to all the places should be happening way earlier than it does in most cases. And then you also have to consider back like what I said before, your people are not suddenly perfect people. If you have someone who constantly runs late or forgets their stuff like get oh, their yeah. butts on a shuttle, like get them to keep them together and move as a group because every, well, not every time, but a lot of times when we do these, everyone's going to get their own Uber. There's like always one groomsman who's like forgot his whole life back at the hotel and has to go back. Like he forgot his socks and his wallet and his sunglasses and his, you know what I mean? Like he forgot his everything. And I'm like, what was he doing? Doesn't and matter. his phone he, to call the Uber. Phone. That's right. And then, and then, or he doesn't have any battery or like, there's always one or two in a wedding party who mean very well, but just do not have their life together. Get them on a shuttle bus, get them, like move them from, from place to place. But then also not only getting there, cause getting there is obviously important, but how is everyone getting home? And I, I'm really just talking about your wedding party and, and you and your spouse right now, because what ends up happening at the end of the night sometimes, especially when it's like we're talking about Ubers, is like, we have no idea. I mean, I live in a huge city. Sometimes we don't know. Are we going to be able to get an Uber? Are we right near a, Are we right near an award show or a music, uh, you know, a concert or something? Or the Hollywood Bowl is open, God forbid, and no one can get anything done ever at, at any time at all. Like, I think about these things. But oftentimes my couples don't. And then they're at their wedding venue for 30 minutes waiting to get an Uber because they couldn't get one because it's surge pricing. And oh my God, and how do we get? Guys, just plan it. Just plan the super unsexy pieces of how you're getting out of there at the end of the night. Yeah. Because I had, it's yeah, tricky. go ahead. No, no, I was going <laughs> to it say is. it's just tricky. And what what have you seen? So I actually, most recently I had a courthouse elopement and then they were having a backyard reception with like their loved ones. Well, I was there like an hour and 10 minutes earlier than them because they wanted an like Uber XL or Black yeah. or whatever they're called Yeah, now. the high-end one. Yeah. Yeah. And they could not get it. And then the Uber that they got could not find them. And they're like, we're standing in front of the courthouse in 
like white, you know, like, <laughs> hi, here we like, are. Wedding gown. What more do you need? Yeah. Yeah. And then the person was like on the other side of the courthouse. So then they had to go back through security and try to get, and then they realized the person wasn't actually on the other side. It was such a disaster. And it was like, I was just sitting there thinking, <sighs> you are paying me a lot of money to sit on my butt right now. And yeah. I offered to drive them <laughs> because. I I've seen this happen before. So I was like, well, I have a, you know, I have a BMW SUV. Like, why don't you just hop in my car? I'll drive you. And they were like, well, we kind of want to be alone. Well, you're not going to be alone with your <laughs> yeah. in an Uber anyway. And I was like, eh, this is just stressful. And then their mom got there and was they were like apologizing to me. It was a, it, it can be such a disaster and it seems so simple. And this is in Rockville, Maryland, which is like you know, 30 minutes outside of DC and a yeah. hugely popular area, um, populated. Um, so yeah, I mean, no matter where you are, you can run into these problems. So yeah, I'm so and, with and also you like on that. The conversation about transportation always is a funny one for me because, you know, securing transportation, securing a shuttle bus or a black car or a limo, it, it, you know, it's pricey. Like you look at it and go like, oh, I could get an Uber for way less. It's like, but consider what you're, you're paying for the peace of mind that some human person who is a professional driver again, like, and let's talk about that, right? A professional driver with a clean car, you don't really yeah. know what you're getting with an Uber. So I think that's money really well spent, but it is completely unsexy. There's nothing to show for it in the photos really, unless you get like a classic car. I get it that that isn't a place people want to spend their money, but trust me and you as well, like we've seen it all. It's the easiest way to have grumpy parents, miss, you know, completely lost bridesmaids and groomsmen, very grumpy spouses with each other about like, why, you know, like, why is this taking so long? I want to go home or God forbid someone's has, you know, been overserved a little or they're just a little tired and or drunk. It's just not a great way to end the night. Like you want to, you want to button it up. And let's talk about this. Let me tell this story from my own wedding. <laughs> we did not have any transportation at the end of my wedding because we were literally one block away from the hotel. Like we walked, everyone walked in between the hotel and my venue was, um, the second national bank of, of the U S which I thought was cool and a beautiful garden like this, um, there was, it's some historic garden. I probably should know the name of it, but it's been 12 years and I don't remember. Um, Joe and I had this idea that we shared with no one that at the end of the <laughs> night, we would walk together separately, privately through the garden to the hotel. Like this was going to be this very romantic end to the night. But because we told zero people that, including my wedding planner, at the end of the night, when everyone was sort of lingering and no one would really leave us, we were just sort of like, we, we'd like to be by ourselves now, but we, it didn't in that moment, it, you know, it was, it felt wrong to yeah. sort of say, and then yeah. this, this is going to sound like a podcast where I'm complaining about my mother, but I promise I'm not. Um, my mother, <laughs> my mother was the last one out. And so she was like in the elevator with us going down and, and I could tell my husband was like, how do we tell her that we want to be alone? We just didn't have a heart for it. So we didn't get our like super romantic private walk home. We didn't walk through the garden. We walked on the street with my mom complaining about her sister. You know what I mean? Like it was just not the ending that we wanted, but we never talked about it. We didn't communicate it to anyone. So even if you're not getting an Uber and by chance, maybe you're walking, just make sure that you talk to your partner, understand how they want to end the night and then tell people, conspire with someone close to you, planner, yeah. maid of honor, someone to be like, Hey, get my mom out of here. We want to have a private moment because they're going to give it to you if you ask. 
But in our case, we didn't feel like we could ask for it at the last minute, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, you know? that's tough. I mean, and and speaking of moms, the other thing is, or grandmoms. Yes. Um, I you it's so funny, you keep triggering memories for me in different ways. <laughs> but my cousins got married in um not my well, now she's a co- she's married to my cousin, so I don't know what that makes her. My two cousins did not marry each other, just to be clear here. We're not got that it, kind got of got family. Cousin in law. <laughs> Cousin-in-law, whatever it is. (laughs) My cousin married his now wife and they got married in Ohio and it was um, like the week before Christmas. Um, So it was cold, icy, and it was like a block between the venue and the hotel. But the older aunts and uncles had a ton of trouble walking because it got really icy. Oh, wow. Really icy. Yes. At night. And that's something I think you forget about too. So Mm -hmm. even if it's close, you know, you have to think about the shoes people are wearing, the weather, and whether or not people are going to be able to actually do that walk. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's it's important. I mean, again, I know this is like, you're like, I just want to talk about flowers and, and like pretty things. And you're like, I get it, but also your people. And like, sort of it's okay to design the day you want even down to saying please leave me alone at the end of the night (laughs) (laughs) everyone or in the morning or in the morning listen I had a couple um just a couple weeks ago they were a postponement from the pandemic from 2020 and they really 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 wanted um they wanted a last dance with their guests and then they wanted a last dance just the two of them alone in the venue and I said, this is going to be really hard to do because your family and friends have waited two years for this wedding. You, we're going to do this big final dance of everyone. And then what am I going to say? Get get the hell out right now, right now, right now, right now. I said, it takes longer than that for people to leave. And so we came to this agreement that like the DJ was going to announce that it was a dance for just them and to have everyone sort of, sort of move off the dance floor as much as possible to kind of give them like a bubble because we figured like that's the best we could do. Yeah. And that is kind of how it worked. I mean, a few people were like, there were a few looks where they were like, we have to leave the dance floor, like kind of like a, how dare you? But I think they got (laughs) it once they heard the song and like saw how like intimate they were with each other in that moment. And it was beautiful, but it wasn't what they had envisioned because sometimes those things just aren't possible. Right. But I, I had so much, like pride, like I was so proud of them for being like, but you said it, you set the intention of how you wanted to end this night. And we did the best we could to give it to you. I just think it's important. And then also consider it being considerate of your family and getting them, you know, out in a way that feels safe and secure for them too. Because, you know, honestly, like (laughs) in my family, if that, if that were the case in my family, if we had icy streets for the rest of my life, my aunts would have been like, well, Renee's wedding was great, but then I almost died on the walk home. Like they would never let me forget that. It would be part of the story forever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and that's like not what you want to sit and listen no. to as the couple. Like you get so <laughs> tired. You don't want to listen to anyone complain about Eddie. <laughs> and then they're telling your story with their own spit. I just, yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, I no, I listen. I one hundred percent agree. And then the last thing, again, this might then then this actually might be the most unsexy part. So if you, (laughs) I know I keep saying that it's all unsexy. Um, I love how you keep saying that, and you addressed people having to go to the bathroom from In and Out Burger. (laughs) Listen, you're always gonna get your. 
you're always going to get the most honest shit from me. That's just I how it goes. It. Um, it's the best. <laughs> so weddings, weddings just need a lot of stuff, right? There's just stuff everywhere. There's programs and menus and escort cards and family photos and favors and little tchotchkes of stuff and decor. And you know what I mean? There's everything. There's a guest book and get and card box and a poster and easels. There's so much shit that gets that it gets accumulated for a wedding day. If you have a wedding planner, that human person should be helping you make a plan for how that stuff gets out. Now yeah. for me, with my full planning clients, that stuff comes home with me, even if it's not mine. I take it so that they can leave unencumbered and free and just go about their night. If you don't have a wedding planner or if your wedding planner doesn't want to take on the liability for that because there is a liability for it, right? Mm -hmm. Taking someone else's belongings and hoping that you don't that nothing happens, you don't get rear-ended on the way home or God forbid, you know, something gets stolen or whatever. Then you need to make a plan amongst your friends and family as to what is going where and when. Now, for my management clients, we d we typically don't take home their belongings, but we do help them make a plan. And I say, whose car is taking home these family photos? What car gets this poster? Just tell me who it belongs to. At, at some point near the end of the night, my team will go up to them and say, hey, Uncle Bob, can I have the keys to your car? We're going to load it up. And we will load your car with stuff and it will go. But if you don't have a planner, at the end of the night, you're going to look around and be like, oh, shit. We have to take home 200 votives and 16 presents and 27 cards and all of these leftover favors and flower girl baskets and all the, all the clothes. You know what I mean? Like there's so much stuff. If you don't think about it, you're going to have a very uncomfortable end of your night because unfortunately most venues are not going to let you leave anything, anything overnight. And so you might be the bride in your wedding gown packing up votive candles. Yeah. You don't want to be that bride. No, you're already exhausted and, you know, you want it to just be a smooth end to your night. Or if you're going out to celebrate with your friends or something afterward, you want to be able to be part of that as opposed to yeah. like, I don't know, folding tablecloths. <laughs> Yeah, or putting, or or worse, in your beautiful gown, stuffing dirty table linen into a garbage bag. Yeah. You don't want it. Yeah. You got to make a plan, especially if you don't have a planner. And so what, what that looks like, it can be as simple as a Word document that says, this is what I give my clients as a day of inventory. It's so, it's so simple. There's no magic to it. It literally says, what is it? Gift box. What does it look like? It is blue with a white ribbon. Where does it go at the venue? On the welcome table. Who takes it home? Mom in her car. And every single item gets that same treatment so that my team can account for everything. They know where it goes at the venue. I mean, we have other setup lists for that, but this is like another safety. And then at the end of the night, if mom forgets, I can be like, well, mom, these 15 items said they go in your car. Oh, okay. No one's going to, no mom or anyone is going to be like, well, I didn't know. They're just going to say, great, let's get it. Let's get it out of here. Yeah. But the important part is that you and your, and your partner don't have to do it. You know? Yeah. You don't want to be taking care of that shit on your wedding day. No. And it's especially um, an interesting conversation to have if you've done like a DIY bar, like if you didn't hire a bar service that brings alcohol and takes it back. Like I know for my company, we don't have liquor liability as part of our insurance because in California it is ridiculously expensive. So I can't transport any alcohol, no wine, no booze, nothing. Because if it's open in my car, first of all, I can get pulled over and 
probably arrested or fined in California. And then second of all, if anything happens to it, my insurance won't cover replacing it. So we just don't touch it. Now, when I first started out, a lot of my clients are doing DIY bars. We've been at this for a while now. Most of my clients are hiring professional bar services. But again, if you're working without a planner and you're trying to save money and you're like, I'm going to get my booze from Venmo, uh, from Bevmo, it's going to be great. Someone's got to take all that booze home because you likely will overorder. You got to make a plan. Hopefully don't give it to your friend that's going to drink it all, but you got to make a plan to get it out of there. Yeah. Man, I miss Bevmo. Oh, you don't have Bevmo there? No. <laughs> we have total wine and that's oh, the total wine. Mm-hmm. You get. We have total wine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Bevmo California is so has, much better. Yeah, Bevmo is good, you know, but during the pandemic and I don't know if they're still doing it now. I mean, technically we're still in a pandemic, but they weren't doing any returns on any booze. And so a lot of my wedding couples were like, "Well, we'll just get blah 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 from from Bevmo." I'm like, ask because you might get stuck with some shitty beer you don't like for the rest of your life because you overbought because they're not taking it back. So uh, DIY bars are never my favorite. I think it's really tough for non-professionals to to guesstimate how much their people are going to drink. And I don't know, it feels like it's going to be cheaper and it never is. I just think it's a bad idea. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, It's just another thing for you to like manage too. And Mm -hmm. any additional stuff for you to manage on your wedding day, if you can, you know, if you if it's a place where you're saving a minimal amount of money, it doesn't, it still can be a maximum amount of stress. Well, yeah. And you know, uh, there's this also this thing that's been happening. This was more 2019 where I had like a bunch of couples who were really into like craft beer and I get it, like it's delicious, but then they only come in kegs and like, you can't get a keg home at the end of the night. Yeah. How do you, what do you, the keg is done. So that was always a big like, okay, well, if you're going to get a keg, just know like you can't, transport that and like we can I'm like okay and I just kind of go like that's on you guys now but you I know you can't because that thing's tapped now it's going to get warm and then you're going to cool it again and then the temperature is going to be off and blah 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 it's never going to be the same no no never 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 yeah yeah (laughs) listen to your wedding professionals out there Oh my goodness. Well, we are going to take a super fast break on the wedding dish and we will be right back with Renee from Moxie Bright Events. And we are back. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning into The Wedding Dish. I am Sarah Allison, your hostess with the mostest, and I am joined today by the human behind Moxie Bright Events, Renee Dallow. Um, and we are talking about the stuff that you forget on your wedding day and and really like how to prevent that from being a problem. So we're we're cutting it off in the uh, on its way to before it becomes an issue. <laughs> so, I have um I have a quick question for you that's kind of unrelated, mm-hmm. but like it's just a cool thing. Um obviously you are a wedding planner and a huge wealth of information. Um <laughs> Thank you. Obviously, at this point, we have gotten so much from this. I have like a full page of notes and I'm not even getting married. Um, <laughs> um, so in addition to providing wedding planning services, you also provide education and resources to wedding professionals. What made you incorporate this into your business? So it's a great question. <laughs> Again, I go back to like, it kind of just happened. Um, so what, and so here's the deal. I feel like if there's anything in your life that you want to do, that you have like this inkling of like, maybe, maybe this is for me. 
if someone ever offers you an opportunity to do it, I think you owe it to yourself to just try, right? So back in 2016, I, you know, was wedding planning and it was, everything was rolling along and I was, you know, growing the business and making money. And I was, um, one of the leaders of rising tide in LA pretty early. I was like the first leader with a co-leader with, um, another wedding planner friend of mine. And LA is such a big place. We ended up going from like, you know, one chapter to four chapters all within the city of LA. Well, Natalie Frank, who I think you probably, maybe everyone who's listening, well, maybe couples don't know Natalie, but wedding pros do. Natalie was is the co-founder of Rising Tide, and they decided to come to LA because our chapter was growing so strongly that they wanted to do a live event in LA. So Natalie sent me an email and said, um, we want to do this live event. Do you, do you ha- have anyone local that might want to be a speaker? And I sent her like a list of like 10 names from like friends of mine to like Jasmine Starr. Like I was just like, here are all the people that are SoCal. We could, I know these people, like I've done a wedding with Jasmine. Like I could hook you up. Meanwhile, Natalie does not need my hookup with Jasmine, but that's, I digress. And Natalie wrote back and said, what about you? And I stared at the email, like, what about me? And I wrote back, well, what would I speak about? And she's like, whatever you want. And there was a part of my brain that was like, no, 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 that's not for you. And the other part that was like, just say yes and figure it out later. And so I went with the just say yes part because I thought, well, how bad can it be? I have a background in acting. I'm not afraid to speak in public. I kind of don't know what I talk about, but like, give me a minute. So I put together a presentation on like the power of language in your business and how I was reading a book at the time that was a lot about like how women, especially in business, like really use a lot of hedging words, hedging phrases, limiting language and yes. how it affects how we're perceived as business owners. Right. And then mm-hmm. as part of that, I, I was really on my, um, <laughs> I was going to say my high horse and I really still am about how day of coordination for wedding planners isn't a thing that anyone should be offering. Cause it's a very, very, very misleading package name. And it's a package that doesn't necessarily serve our clients in the best way. So I took those two ideas and I put those into the talk. Well, I did not realize when I said, when I said yes, that they were going to stream this thing to the internet. So I gave the talk in front of 200 people live and about 15,000 people watched it on the internet, which still to this day, when I say those numbers is like, wait, what happened? So it got a little bit of attention not only like what I was saying, right. But the fact that I was speaking, you were like, Oh, well do you do public speaking now? And I'm like, uh, sure. But then the idea of this day of coordination, how it wasn't sustainable and it's not really what we should be offering kind of took, took fire a little bit. And people were emailing me like, what do you mean? Tell me more. And I got booked to speak on just that piece of it at a several smaller conferences. So much so that I then pitched myself to Wedding MBA, which is like the hugest conference in our industry. Um, And I got to speak on that topic. So I realized that I needed some help. (laughs) I needed some guidance. So this is a long story. I hired a speaking coach and she basically said to me, look, you have more than 40 minutes to say on this. Like you have actually lived experience and you've changed your service offerings. Like you have something you could really teach here. It's probably worth your while. And and the people who are going to listen to you who who literally are coming to this presentation because they like the topic to continue the education and make a class. So that's basically how it started because I had this one little idea kind of caught fire. And, and when I did, you know, kind of go to those smaller conferences to talk after people, afterwards, people would say like, well, how did you do it? I'm like, Oh, that's, that's what I'm supposed to be teaching. Right? Like how, how I went from this to that and how I made this much money turn into this much money and how, it changed my business and I could teach that to people too. So we still have that course. It's called Wedding Management 101. 
then during the pandemic, when I wasn't able to do any weddings, we really um, expanded the education brand and taught, we have a bunch more mini courses and we did a mastermind and a group coach. And um, we've produced three bundles of, of other educators, education, just, just to kind of keep everyone sharp during this time where we couldn't, I don't know what it was like for you, but we were really done for two years. We didn't do anything here. Yeah, we had, I mean, I had like elopement, like backyard elopements and that kind of thing. Nothing. Yeah. Like we, it was the same here as it was for you all in LA. Yeah. It was, it was really rough. And I just thought like, you know, I have time when I never had any time before to create stuff, but I know also people had time to learn and receive. And I think now we're back, um, you know, we're back to being busy. And so maybe at least the education brand for us has to take a tiny backseat as we get back to doing more full-time weddings. But I'm great. I am grateful in a weird way for that time where we were down because it was, I was able to really put a lot of time and energy into the thought leadership piece and, um, and moving forward, like I'm, I'm training to be a business and life coach. Like I'm very much a person who like, when I have an interest in something, I want to go get training in it. Like I don't want to put myself out there as a, an expert or a professional in some way, if I don't have this, the stuff to back it up. Yeah. Um, and the, the goal with that is eventually to be able to offer like w- more one-on-one business coaching, um, because then I'll be a certified coach. So that's kind of yeah. where we're going with that. I think that's a good fit for you. You definitely Thanks. have that kind of like moxie, if you will. <laughs> well, thanks. You know, it's a, there's a reason I named the business that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, just one last question for you. Um, mm. Do you have any additional advice for our listeners out there who are planning their weddings? So you much. Know, I know. So much. So much. I mean, the two things that I think we wish we would have done differently, I think my husband would say the same, is that we did not budget for a videographer because when we were getting married – and the videographers that we liked were very expensive. And we at the moment thought like, well, $10,000 for a videographer just really isn't what we want. So we didn't. And then like really epic shit happened at our wedding, like a dance off between my, my little niece and my husband. And like someone put Joe on their shoulders and they were doing the YMCA. I mean, it was just epically stupid, silly stuff, but we don't have any footage of it except for like someone's grainy iPhone video. And I wish I wish we did. And I also wish we had it because my aunt Nan, who had cancer at the time, attended the wedding and that was the last family event she was at. So we have the photos, of course, and I love our photos, but I do wish we had those moving images. So I would, I also, you know, sort of encourage my, my clients to like really consider if you want a videographer, like it's the one thing we wish we would have done differently. Except the second thing is I wish we would have told more people about some of the things that we thought were like secret special things, like the walk home at the end of the night. Or um, by the time my husband and I got married, his parents had both passed. So I thought it would be nice to put like a floral sash on the one one chair on the aisle on his side for the ceremony. And it was a big, it was a big floral like garland. It was beautiful. It took up a lot of the chair. I did not tell my sisters-in-law because I wanted it to be like this nice moment for them except that because I didn't tell them when the venue manager noticed the empty chair and said, everyone scoot down to fill in that chair. My sister-in-law sat on the memorial chair because I didn't tell them that there would be a memorial chair. So when, right. Also, how was she sitting on those flowers to this day? I've never had this conversation with her. Louise, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry, we'll have the conversation. But when I came down the aisle and I turned around when I got there, my eye went right to the chair and her sitting in it. And my mother still says, I scowled because I was like, what in the, what are you like in my head? I was like, why are you sitting in this chair? 
But then really quickly, I realized, well, I didn't tell her. I never told her. And I should have just told her, hey, there's a memorial chair for your parents. Don't sit in it. But I wanted it to be this like special surprise. And I will say, as soon as I came back down the aisle, like the very first thing that was said to me after my ceremony was my wedding planner going, oh my God, I'm so sorry. The venue manager told her to move over. It happened before I, when I was out of the room, I came back, it was too late. The music was already started. I was like, it's fine. Like it, it, it is what it is. It's at the grand scheme of things. It is not a huge, you know, problem, but it also could have been so easily prevented had I just been more communicative. And so that is my, that's my big my big wish for everyone listening, just please communicate to your people. They want, they want to be on your side. They want to make things right for you. But if you don't tell them easy, easy things can be fixed that aren't fixed. Yeah. Then they become problems. (laughs) (laughs) And and then you have a bride literally going like, what? When she gets to the front, instead of just being happy and smiling, I was like, what are you doing in that chair? I mean, that's what my, that's my face was saying. Oh my God. And I can, I just can imagine because I also have one of those faces where everything I think crosses it. (laughs) Yeah, me too. (laughs) Saw that about you. Yeah. I have these big Disney princess eyes and everyone's like, wow. I'm like, I know I can't, I have to, I have to try really hard to be like neutral face. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. So yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's hysterical. I and I just imagine like what if it stained her back of her dress or anything? And she's like, oh, that's so you know, because the flowers were red. I actually never even thought about it. Because you know what it was? In that moment, I was so having to be like, it's okay, it's okay, it's fine. I literally have like never mentioned it to them. <laughs> Cause like they know that it was a problem. After they were like, and I was like, that's eh, fine. And I never had the conversation about like, did you get like thorns in your butt? Like, seriously, you yeah. were sitting on flowers. Yeah, I feel like this is the next time you get together at a holiday. You open the <laughs> bottle of wine and you're like, all right. Like, Louise, it's, been, it's been a decade. Let's talk about it. <laughs> and even the venue manager was like, later, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I was like, you know what? It's cool. We're cool. Everything's fine. It's- Yet I'm still talking about it 10 years later. So how fine was it? <laughs> Oh my goodness. Well, Renee, thank you so much for joining me on The Wedding Dish today. This has been a hoot. Um, And also so educational, as unsexy as it may have been. (laughs) We should just call this the the unsexy episode of The Wedding Dish. (laughs) All the others were sexy. This one, no. Unsexy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This is what we're going to – this is going to be the title. Um, Thank you for having me. This was a, a blast. Oh my gosh. Well, where can our people find you online? Mm, we made it really difficult and we have several Instagram accounts because I don't know, because we do the most. Um, if you want to follow me for wedding planning, it's at Moxie Bright Events. If you want to follow me for education stuff, it's at Renee Dallow and the podcast is Talk with Renee Dallow. Three Instagram accounts for your pleasure. One day we'll get it together. Well, luckily, we will link to them in our show notes and in the description of this episode. So we'll make it super easy for you all. Um, And thank you all for tuning into The Wedding Dish today. While you're following all of Renee's um, Instagram (laughs) accounts, Wedding Dish at The Wedding Dish Podcast. Um, and you'll be able to grab show notes over at theweddingdishpodcast.com. You can apply to be a guest um, and get all of the juicy tips and tricks from this episode and some 
more cool behind the scenes stuff too that um, Renee shared with us outside of this episode. And don't forget to tune in next week. If you like the podcast, follow, rate, review. And until we meet again, cheers.